Gratitude That's my everyday What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Quantum Coffee. Today's guest is Sam Kabert, and we have a pretty uh, out there conversation. Sam's a great dude. I connected with him a little over a year ago, and um, you know he's he's pretty cool to talk to because he was really deep into um, the, the the business world and really trying to find uh, success and filling his you know time um, with busyness and you know, it was just very unhealthy for him. And he talks about his transformation, um, going from that. And then, you know, going through this kind of spiritual awakening and his work with plant medicines and how he's kind of diving deep into, um, the spiritual world. And he's had some wild experiences and we talk about, um, a few of them. Uh, we talk about his journey, um, being uh, named Silicon Valley's 40 under 40 and into, his ayahuasca experiences, um, getting into spirituality. And, uh, even we talk about aliens and, um, kind of what's going on collectively with, uh, COVID and what seems like a end of the world apocalyptic type times and how to stay grounded, um, in the experience and continue to navigate these crazy times that we live in. Um, it was really fun talking about aliens with him. And he really has dove in deep into that. And he's actually had a couple of his own unique experiences. Um, Sam's got his own podcast called Soul Seeker. So go check that out. All of his information will be in the show notes. Um, If you feel called to participate or support rather this podcast financially, um, I do have a premium model through Supercast now. So if this is something that interests you, it's only $7 a month and it goes a long way in helping me produce this show for all of you and continuing to provide really amazing content. Um, I do have a team in the background that is helping uh, bring this show to life. And so it does cost me money. So I'm looking for ways to continue to support it financially. And if you do that, you get access to amazing premium content like extended episodes like this episode. If you are a premium member, you will get an extra added on extended version where I ask Sam some more questions and he actually adds a lot of value at the end. So if that's something you're interested in, uh, go to the link in the show notes and sign up. Um, There is a yearly option for a discount and we have other premium uh, content coming out. I do a weekly quick hit which is like a three to five minute little inspirational stuff that's coming out each week. And you will have a chance to drop into a live podcast where you'll actually get to watch me and the guests record live and interact with the guests. I think that's going to be something really cool. And I'm going to begin putting that together. So you're not going to want to miss that. If you don't feel called to support this uh, podcast financially, another great way to do it is to just leave a review and share it with your friends. Um, It goes a long way in helping grow the audience and get the up the algorithms or something like that. I don't know just trying to do what I'm told. So really would appreciate it if you just left a five-star review, left a little comment to um, share how this podcast has impacted you. And then if you know it resonates at all and you have someone that you think would uh, enjoy listening to it, please go ahead and share it with them. I'm also really excited about what where the Heart Collective is headed. Uh, I know I talk about it on every podcast, but just really passionate about bringing community to the former athlete world um, to help reach higher levels of awareness, support the guys through that. So if you know a former athlete, former male pro athlete that is looking for community or support, 
uh, send them my way. Um, we are also creating uh, these masterclass opportunities, which are webinars with a lot of amazing thought leaders. There's a lot of cool ones on the books that I'm continuing to um, put on the schedule. Um, and those are available to both former athletes and non-athletes. So if it's something you're interested in, go to theheartcollective.com, go to the non-athlete tab, put your email in, stay up to date with all the amazing content that we are now offering to a wider audience. Um, really valuable. We've already done a few of them and people are just there's a ton of really good feedback. So go check that out. Theheartcollective.com, H-A-R-T, theheartcollective.com. Also want to give a shout out to my beautiful wife, Sarah, and her company, Growmotely. It is a job platform for fully remote workers globally. Um, so if you are a small to medium-sized business looking to hire uh, talent, really amazing talent for, you know, quite a lot cheaper than, you know, if you're finding people in the US, um, which allows you to grow your team, um, get more people on board to help create your vision and bring it to life in a bigger way. Um, I'm on uh, Growmotely and I've already gotten a few job applicants from some amazing talent and that platform is going to continue to scale. There's a lot of amazing talent already on it. Um, and if you are looking for work and you want to create a life of freedom, uh, working from home or working remotely wherever you want, so you can travel, you can you know create the life and have the freedom that both me and Sarah really value um, highly, uh, go check it out. Growmotely.com. Uh, that will all be in the show notes. And without further ado, enjoy the podcast with Sam. Sam, what's up, brother? How's it going, Joe? Thanks for having me on the pod. Yeah, man, I'm doing fantastic. I'm really excited to, to jam with you because you know, we've been connected over a year now. And I really don't know much about your backstory and, you know, a little bit about your transformation. I know you're super into spirituality and really helping um, share kind of this, this new experience of life you've had. But why don't you introduce yourself to the audience and maybe talk a little bit about your journey of um, what you're doing and, and kind of how you've transformed into where you're at now? Absolutely, brother. So yeah, my name is Sam Cabert, formerly known as Swag Sam. And um, yeah, basically through and through entrepreneur and really in that masculine of creating and work and achieving and goal setting, the short cliff notes are that I grew up in Silicon Valley. I've really, my whole career has been in Silicon Valley and I built out uh, a media company, a uh, business for myself, uh, selling promotional products, branded merchandise, all that type of stuff. Really got into content and podcasting. I have a food show on YouTube. Um, wrote three books in a year, all this type of stuff, and was named to Silicon Valley's 40 under 40 in 2019 at age 31, I think it was. Um, but yeah, I was just uh, constantly setting goals. I even had a book that I wrote called The Written Goal. And as I would achieve these goals, I would feel more empty, but I wouldn't really, I didn't really realize it. You know, it was like, okay, on to the next one. And I got into microdosing with psilocybin, I think in 2018, it was around the same time I got into meditation. And this guy came into my awareness, into my life that was talking about microdosing with psilocybin. I was like, oh yeah, I've done mushrooms a bunch of times, you know, like I, I'd be into this, you know? Um, 
okay, sure. All the Silicon Valley execs are doing it. Yeah. And all, whatever. And then it was funny because even at the time I noticed it reminded me of the movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper and how there was like that random guy that came to his life talking about the nootropic. And that's kind of what it felt like. Then this dude um, told me about ayahuasca and I was like, ayahuata? <laughs> and, you know, I looked into it a little bit and I was like, that sounds really intense. I go, that sounds really interesting because I've always been interested in like, why are we here and what's the purpose of life? What's the meaning of life? I remember at a young age asking my dad after Sunday school, you know, probably like eight years old or something, he was working on uh, his lawnmower and I said, dad, if God created us, then who created God? And he just kind of looked at me and was like, that's the age old question. Can you hand me that wrench? You know, just like <laughs> unsatisfied, right? So when I first heard about ayahuasca, I was like, yeah, this sounds really interesting. But I was so in the 3D, if you will, and uh, just like, you know, the grind that I was like, that's too much. And then through a really deep and dark depression um, in 2019. Um, I was, of all things, prospecting on LinkedIn and someone responded and got me on the phone. Here I thought it was like, you know, lead, I'm sales, marketing, entrepreneur guy, right? So I'm talking with her and then she starts telling me how I seem spiritual. I'm like, spiritual? Like what? Um, you know, I had just got into meditation and things like that. And then she invited me to a cacao ceremony. I was, had no idea what a cacao ceremony was or anything, but I was like, all right, you know, I was kind of in that depression. So um, not kind of, I was. So I brought a friend to that. And then afterwards, my friend asked her um, about ayahuasca. So when we're driving home, I go, my friend, I go, you're doing ayahuasca and you, uh, you weren't going to tell me? So, you know, that was like the first like friend that I'd seen do it. And she had an amazing experience and I followed her journey. And then I took her out to dinner. She told me all about it. And then from there, I was like, all right, I'm doing this. And from there, um, sitting with Mother Aya, totally, absolutely woke me up. And I went deep down the rabbit hole of spirituality. This was spring of 2019. I haven't looked back since. So my whole thing in these past couple of years has been this concept of soul life balance. You know, like we're fed this work-life balance, which really keeps us in the conditioning, in the in the programming. And it's giving us just enough so we don't ask questions, right? Like we're glorifying being a weekend warrior and all this type of stuff, uh, which in reality, like. I don't believe that we're here to work and make money, right? But work-life balance in a very subtle brainwashy type of way keeps us there. Whereas with a reframe of soul life balance, we can realize that work is a component of life, therefore not putting as much attention into it and then building in spiritual practices on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis, which are really going to help with our mental health. So where I'm at now, um, it's kind of dancing with this concept of soul life balance and what's next. And um, I have a coaching business too, where I help entrepreneurs scale their business, but I, I just love all things woo. So that's the short version. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. It's really beautiful. And we'll definitely dive into the soul life balance and, and, and definitely get into the woo woo. I do want to back up when you obviously you're, you're a high achiever, really wanted to uh, achieve a lot in your life from a young age and you achieved a lot and you found a lot of success in early age. And when you're introduced to meditation and microdosing, and you had obviously had some experience with, with mushrooms before, um, was the intention behind that to continue to 
reach higher levels of success. Cause I know when I first got introduced to meditation, I had a lot of resistance to it. Cause I grew up in a Christian household and it was, I was told it's Eastern mysticism. It's how the devil makes its way into your mind. And so I had all this like stories around meditation. And it wasn't until about halfway through my NFL career when these mindset coaches came in and they, 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 they talked about meditation from this frame of mind of being able to train the mind. They're like, what if you could decrease your stress, your anxiety, increase your performance, your focus, and do it all just by training the mind. And they, they brought meditation in as like a workout for the mind. And so that kind of introduced me to, okay, I, I'll, I'll do anything because, you know, playing in the NFL at such a high level, the performance anxiety um, was really hard, the stress, the emotional um, challenge of the whole thing. And so I started doing meditation for that reason. And then eventually after a few years of practice and through some other modalities, it started to open me up spiritually. So, you know, you, you started meditating, started microdosing, and you said you kind of went into this depression. What was the intention behind that? And then what was the, the, the depression like that kind of led you into this awakening? Yeah, the depression was, um, more around like the girl I was seeing at the time, you know, just, uh, we dated, I think all in all close to four years, uh, NFL cheerleader for the Niners, my favorite team, the whole thing, you know, so mm-hmm. just like toxic and, uh, you know, just, it just wasn't good, but then the ego gets attached and that was part of it, but also not really like f- fulfilling my mission here on earth. And just like uh, saying goals and achieving things on a business level that aren't truly making a difference probably. And then start my soul knowing that, but not me. So that's kind of what that was. But in terms of meditation and intention, I wasn't even familiar with like putting intentions behind things um, in terms of like why you would do something like obviously from a goal setting point of view, but it's a little bit different, right? Because the type of goal setting I was doing was like, the stuff that we're told to do, right? Like, for example, this isn't goal setting, but once um, a friend was talking with me about having kids and he was talking about how like, you know, he wants to coach his kids' uh, teams and all this. And I started to think about it. I was like, man, I actually don't think I want kids. I've never considered that I could not have kids, but it's because like all that. So saying I wasn't thinking for myself, but back to your question, um, yeah, the meditation was more a series of synchronicities before I even knew what the word synchronicity meant. Um, at the time, in 2017, I didn't realize meditation was even a real thing. Like when I heard the word meditation, it reminded me of the Ninja Turtles, the Ninja Turtles movie from the 90s when they would like meditate. And I didn't, I thought it was just kind of a joke. I didn't know that was like a real thing. Um, that's how far in like the 3D I was, right? So short version is um, we would do this Shark Tank inspired event at eBay's headquarters and I was grabbing drinks with an executive from eBay that was one of our quote unquote sharks for this event. And he started telling me about all the benefits of meditation. And it opened up my mind to it. And I was, I was interested. And then a month later, I went to the largest uh, conference in the swag industry in Vegas. And I spoke uh, on stage in front of three, 500 people um, in what they call the entrepreneur jam. And there were some panelists and they kind of like didn't crush me, but they kind of attacked me. Um, and it was fine. I could handle it. But this dude sent me a long Facebook message, um, basically telling me about how they're projecting their stuff and all this type of stuff, like language I didn't, wasn't even familiar with. And I was like, huh, this is interesting. So, and I met up with the guy that sent me that message afterwards and he's telling me about meditation, and all of this. And so, like I said, this was before I 
knew of the word synchronicities, you know, but I feel like in 3D, we call it serendipity, you know, they're similar, but different, but uh, I've realized that there's something here. So then as soon as I got home, I signed up for a transcendental meditation course and I started practicing TM. I wouldn't say that t- uh, meditation is a big practice of mine and ever has been, but that's kind of how I initially fell into meditation. And with the mi- microdosing of the mushrooms, I think it was more just like, well, there's got to be something else. And if it sparks creativity and execs are doing it, and I've experienced some profound um, experiences, for lack of a more better way to put it, with mushrooms, like, yeah, let's give it a shot. And then I got into yoga, and that's when I really like learned what intention setting is. You know, mm, yeah, beautiful. Um, let's talk about synchronicities because. You know, it's a really beautiful thing when you're open to these um, experiences that seem almost, almost divinely inspired, right? Um, and there's a lot of different examples of that. Um, but I want to kind of dive into like, what are synchronicities specifically? Like, how do they happen? How are we open? And it kind of brings us into this concept of free will or predestination, right? Because how can a perfect you know, meeting that perfect person at that perfect time that gets you into this experience that changes your life forever. And you, you look back on it, you're like, wow, that was just like, the odds of that happening are so astronomical. How did that happen? And so it makes you question, is it, do we even have free will? Or are we kind of co-creators with reality? And I'd love to get your perspective on what you believe as far as that kind of topic. Oh man, we could go back and forth and riff on if we even have re- free will. Cause I would love to talk about that. Cause I, I've, I've brought that up in calls in the past and, you know, um, that is definitely kind of a heated thing. And I wonder if we do as well, which is kind of more of a contrarian viewpoint seems, but synchronicities, um, Caitlin Howe and Eric Godsey have said it best from a couple of our coaches from Fit for Service. They call it a God winks, or at least I heard it from them. And, you know, it does feel like a God wink. And I feel that synchronicities are a form of this being a waking dream, soul contracts, and our higher self aligning to put us in the right direction, if you will. Um, I don't know if I would... So we're all God experiencing itself, right? We believe that, or some of us do. Um, So in a sense, it could be God or it could be our higher self. I guess there's some semantics there. I think it's kind of higher self. That's kind of like... It's that intuition that guides you to have this synchronicity come. And... um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think back because I recently wrote a lot about intuition and synchronicities and I haven't released that yet, but, um, that's, does that answer your question? Kind of lost my train of thought there. Yeah. Like the, so the intuition would be kind of that inner whisper, right? The, 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 the voice inside of you that is deeper, more profound. And it's like, I think the big struggle is for people to find the difference between the ego mind and that higher self, whatever you want to call it, that whisper, the soul, that, that higher intelligence that is guiding you into something. And for me, like, you know, people ask me when I was done playing football, it's like, why, why did you decide to walk away? And there's a lot of different um, things that led into why I made that decision. But in reality, like reflecting back on it, there was this, this voice inside of me that said, you know, it's time to walk away. 
And I think a lot of people go through these big transitions in life where like, maybe they're in a relationship that's unhealthy. They love the person deeply and they, they feel comfortable, but there's like something telling them like, this isn't what's meant for you. There's something greater out there. And I was in a relationship at the time I was in football, everything I'd ever known, but there was this little whisper, like there's, there's a new adventure waiting for you. And I, it wasn't like a direct voice. It was just this feeling that was calling me to be done playing football. And I think the hard part is when the, that inner voice, that inner intuition is calling us to make a huge shift in our lives. There's a lot of fear of the unknown. And I truly believe that the universe rewards those courageous enough to answer that call, whatever it is, and listen to that voice. But a lot of people, they shut it down, right? Until something traumatic happens or some big event happens, or maybe they lose their job or their you know partner breaks up with them. And they're kind of forced into figuring out what that is. And for me, it was like, I had no idea what that experience was going to be like being done playing. And I ended up giving away all my stuff to charity, bought a van and I traveled the country. And since going on that adventure, like there's been so many experiences that I've just trusted and, 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 and gone towards what that intuition, that feeling um, is calling me towards. And it's a really beautiful adventure. And we talk about synchronicities in order to really be open to the synchronicity synchronicities of life. You have to really trust and be open to the experience. And in order to do that, you have to get out of this mind that is constantly telling us uh, what we're lacking. Um, and we're always trying to like think about the future or the past. And it really comes back to, to being present. Yeah, absolutely. No, that resonates a ton. And I did remember too, um, what I want to say when I lost my train of thought, I was talking with a friend yesterday about synchronicities and he was reflecting back to me like, man, like the way you experience synchronicities isn't normal. You know that, right? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, well, it seems like you experience them a lot. And when you don't, it kind of goes away. But when it comes back, it comes on strong and really powerful. And I go, yeah, you know what? You're right. And I go, you know, what I think it is. It's like, oh, hey, we got his attention. Let's give him more. Let's make it so obvious because he's not usually paying attention. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it kind of feels like that. Yesterday, it was wild, bro. Um, looking up at the ceiling, there was four nines um, shining through the light, like the, just the sunlight formed four nines. And I showed it to my buddy cause he's been hanging out, um, staying with me in the past few days. And he's like, yeah, no, those are clearly four nines. And then in a picture or like through a, like a, through a mirror or something or through like a glass window. What was on, it? on the ceiling of the, of the roof? Um, it was like light shining on the ceiling and it had four nines. Yeah. I took a video. Okay. I'll send it to you too. Okay. On social. Um, and then we went to get groceries to make dinner and the receipt was $55 and 55 cents, <laughs> which was just interesting. Like, huh. But the spiritual meaning of four nines really resonate. And um, yeah, there's what just is been the a- meaning. What is the meaning with these like kind of these numbers that people would just mark off as coincidence, but maybe it's something trying to communicate with you through the physical world? Yeah. I I mean, one um someone once told me that it's kind of a wink, like whatever you're doing in that moment or that thought, it's a wink as in, yes, keep going. I think we can get lost in like, oh, what's the meaning of 222? I keep saying 222 or 1010 or whatever the exact numbers are. I think there's definitely merit and importance to looking that up for and seeing what the meaning is. But I think there's a stronger... Uh, calling for all of us to stop looking external for answers for anything and to just sit with it and be like, what is the message here? What feels true to me versus 
looking for answers externally. Mm. You know? Yeah. I love it. Let's talk about, you, you mentioned God and how we are God experiencing itself. Right. And I really, I resonate with that a lot, but you know, I grew up in the Christian faith where God and had always had a lot of resistance to the word God until I actually understood what God was for me and had developed that connection personally with the creation of this experience, whatever that is. I always had a lot of resistance to the word God because in the Christian faith, it's like this, this old man in the sky that is vengeful and, you know, honestly, like fearful. Like it's just this guy that's constantly judging us for how imperfect we are. And there's this, there's this separation of God and humanity and this earth. Right. And until I fully started understanding that, you know, consciousness is God experiencing itself and we are aware, we are conscious and we are the co-creators of this experience. Um, and it's really kind of hard for people to understand that. I think that's the real, um, part is, is going from this place of separation into this place of oneness. And then when you do that, it's kind of this paradox because it's like, we are God experiencing itself. So we are participatory in the experience of life, constantly creating it. And there is this, I don't know, intelligence, obviously that is in the backdrop of this entire experience. And we, our awareness is only just very fine amount of what we can actually, um, you know, be conscious of. And so talk a little bit about your, your, your evolution of understanding and connection to God or the universe or source, whatever terminology you want to use to this thing that is greater than yourself. Absolutely. So yeah, it's weird because for me, like I've never really had issues with the word God. And I hear people talk about that and I do, I, I, I get it for me. Maybe it's because I grew up Jewish or whatever. Um, but I have a lot of resistance with the whole concept of Jesus and I don't have to get into that now, but I mean, mostly I'd love just to if you want to, yeah, maybe we'll pivot that way. So, um, yeah, cause with God, yeah, I'll, I'll get to the God stuff. So with the Jesus stuff for me, it's like, okay, if the universe is infinite, right. And earth has been around for 4.6 billion years. And let's just say humans have been around a hundred thousand years, give or take tens of thousands of years or whatever, you know, like whatever. Jesus was this dude that was on earth 2000 years ago. Like, I don't get the big deal. There's, I really don't. And that's kind of where that stems from. And then people will be like, well, Christ consciousness and what it represents. And I go, well, if Christ consciousness is the same thing as 5D, then why don't we talk about 5D? Why are we labeling this dude to it? And for me, it just doesn't resonate. It kind of goes uh, against all things spirituality and for my beliefs of spirituality. And that's one of the, the most beautiful things about spirituality because it's the opposite of, in religion because you get to choose what you believe and there is no like, hey, this is spirituality. It's for yourself to come up with what you believe versus religion telling it to you. But anyways, um, yeah, that's a little bit of, of, of the difference for people that might not be aware of kind of the concept of 3D and 5D mm -hmm. and what you mean by that. Yeah, great question. So 3D, I mean, for me, this is the way I think of it. 3D is really being in the matrix, if you will. And we most of us have seen the movie, The Matrix. And when we're in the matrix and just like kind of living our life, it's a fallen state of consciousness to me. And it basically means that we're not really connected to our soul or higher purpose. And we're kind of walking through life without 
true passion and purpose. Yes, we might be passionate about our business, our sports, whatever, but is it something that is last beyond this lifetime, which gets into the concept of the ego. And the ego is something that's really confusing when you first hear about it. But now the way I've been explaining it to people is think of it as, you know, Joe is Joe, I am Sam. That's that's who we are in this current incarnation. But if you believe in reincarnation and multiple lives and everything playing out as once, you know, I would have been a woman in another life and a man and I, maybe a dog, you know, or, or an ET, right? Extraterrestrials, all this type of stuff. But in this current moment, I'm Sam and Joe's Joe. So that is the ego. It's who we are in this um, current incarnation. But Anyway, so 3D. 3D is kind of just being stuck in, okay, I'm Sam and this is what, how I define myself. Entrepreneur, author, podcaster, all this type of stuff. That's yeah, just um, the story of who you think you are from your experiences of you know, your programming of how you've um, grown up into this experience in this moment. And you know, the ego, I like to think of it, it's just a construct, right? Like it's a story of who you think you are in relation to the world. And the, the hard part for people to understand is they're viewing reality from the place of the ego. And until you, you know, experience something like a transcendent, non-ordinary state of consciousness where your ego kind of dissolves in that story of who you are, but there's still an awareness greater than that, then it kind of widens the lens of perspective to something greater. Um, just my little sense. So 3D is kind of that ego construct, this physical reality. And then what is, what is 5D and why is there not a 4D? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. So 5D is in the world of magic, right? Like I believe there's this movie, uh, it's a Pixar film. I forget what it's called. Damn it. <laughs> Anyways, but they talk about like how at the beginning of the movie, they show everyone was like elves or this or that. And they had all these magical type of abilities. And then they show them with their phones and all their and technology and all this and how they lost their onward? magic. What's it? Is it Onward? Onward. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It's a great movie. It's cool. Cause it's like, what if the world were in a different dimension and we're kind of like all these magical beings, but then we lose touch with that. Right. That's what the movie kind of portrays. Yeah. I feel like the movie is basically saying like, Hey, this is the current state of humans. We used to have all these magical abilities, but we, now we don't. And we're so disconnected from our soul. So anyways, 5D would be living in that world of magic where whether it's like telepathic communications or just, you know, more love and that type of stuff. Um, it's, that would be 5D, the, the believing in woo and, you know, realizing that we're manifesting our reality. And, you know, when someone comes in, they're a messenger and they're to hear, they're here to deliver a message. Um, if it's like a random person you bump into in the street and then you have this deep conversation, you're like, oh, well, what was the point of that versus just going on with your day, not really thinking about it? You know, it's kind of like waking up to this being a dream state. And then the 4D is something I'm not that familiar with. Like I, I could probably stumble trying to explain it, but if you have a good explanation, I'll defer to you. Maybe it's maybe there's no 4D because it's it's too block. Like there's two two sides. It's like not as um in depth. I don't know. That's like some geometry stuff, I guess. Is it the uh, astral 40? I don't know. I don't know. So, so have you had any experiences of this, um, these magical powers or this like, um, you know, what you're talking about with 
being able to communicate telepathically or, you know, being connected to energy in a way that you've maybe never experienced before, or, you know, even synchronicities could be a form of that as well. Yeah. The telepathic stuff is starting to come online as of about, let's say maybe in the past seven months or so. And it's just little waves of it. Um, with medicine, that's when plant medicine, that's when I first experienced like having the ability. And now there's just more and more times, especially in the past week too, like weird things of thinking about someone or thinking about something and then it coming into reality. Um, and one of so I didn't set goals for 2021, but I set intentions. And one of my intentions was to be very careful and, and intentional with my thoughts because other people can hear my thoughts. Um, even if I'm not in physical presence with them and there's just been more and more times, even with, um, well, I like to say my, my best friend, my unconscious co-host of my original podcast and, and food show, he's not into anything where we think some kind of crazy and whatever, but we're still like homies. Right. And we were hanging out over the weekend and there were several times where he literally read my mind and I didn't tell him till like the fifth time. Cause it happened in like a 36 hour span where like I would be thinking about something and then he would say it and I'm like, okay, he's picking up on my thoughts and it wasn't anything. I, I can't think of any specific examples. Um, um, but yeah, it, it, there's little small, like, inclinations that, Hey, something's coming online for me, put it that way. Yeah. Let's talk about the concept of, of waking up and what that means to you and, you know, collectively, um, what it means as well. You know, like I think continuing to like raise our awareness and have an awareness of how we are the creators of our reality. And I think something as simple as, you know, understanding, like if I eat this donut, and it makes me feel like shit two hours later. Like that's a form of waking up to the reality that you have an awareness that something is affecting your physical body. Um, but what does like waking up mean to you and collectively as a society and culture, what is the importance um, to you for us to wake up? And you can kind of talk, I guess, a little bit about the programming as well, like this society and this world and this environment that we were born into. And we're kind of continually programmed into this reality. I don't think a lot of people really take time to think about how it's really all made up. Like the systems we've created, the financial structures, the, even the way houses are built, like it's all built by people that came before us. And so we are kind of born into this system, even like the government system. And we think, Oh, that's the way it's always been. That's the way it has to be. And until you can kind of start waking up to the fact that, Whoa, wait, we are these divine beings that are in this, um, on this planet and we're into the systems, but so many people don't ever have that awareness. And, is it important for us collectively and as a society to start waking up to these things? And, and what do you think is going to kind of take place in this massive transition that is, you know, kind of taking place right now? Yeah, it's definitely taking place, right? So um, waking up is such an interesting concept because when we wake up, quote unquote, with plant and earth medicines, it's something that is extremely clear, right? Like there's, there's just no denying it. And it, from a physical point of like feeling, there's the primal yawns where you feel like you're actually waking up and 
for if this goes on YouTube, you can kind of see me doing it or like you think of a lion, um, like yawning, it's that big yawn and like you really get dropped into your body and then it feels like you've never actually breathed before. And then it, for me, I kind of go through this phase of like, I don't need to eat you know, like I love to eat, but it's like, I don't need to eat. And then just everything kind of feels and looks different. And then there's the knowing the, the truth, um, the inner knowing you have. And what's really interesting a witness right now, kind of what you're alluding to in terms of what you said with the world waking up right now, there's so many people that are waking up and they're waking up slowly. And because that's the difference I feel between like plant medicine or an NDE or something maybe traumatic or something big that happens that is a catalyst to waking up versus like this this time period we're in where so many people are waking up slowly because there isn't one massive thing that's causing it. It's kind of like an unfolding of everything that's going on in the world right now. And you can kind of see if they're your friends, you know, or your family, you can start to see how their belief systems are starting to change and the way they're talking about things. And it's something where for those of us that are deep in it, we need to be careful of how we work with it. At least I have experienced this because I need to temper my excitement and realize that they might not be ready for like the deep stuff I want to talk about. So it's just like meeting them where they're at, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. I totally believe like, you know, looking at um, the, the global pandemic and I think it's a huge catalyst to this collective awakening. And I think, you know, there's two types of people. It's the it's the the fear of the unknown and it drops them into like how hard it, it's been. And, and I, want, I can't wait for things to get back to normal. And um, they want so bad to go back into the story that they've been living. But this mass event that's really just, you know, for a moment, like put the world on pause. And then we've kind of slowly been trying to recover from it. And I think spiritually and, you know, a part of this collective awakening is realizing that, whoa, we've been living this story, this collective story of what the world is and and showing up and working a nine to five and hustling and grinding. And it was a moment for a lot of people who maybe haven't had the space or the time to really pause and slow down and do that introspection where it's kind of like hit us in the face. And even people that have been on the journey like me, like it was been, been an opportunity to really focus and grow. And you know, I think it's a beautiful thing to look at it from that perspective. And, and I have no idea how it's all going to play out. And it seems like there's still kind of a long tail of what, what's going to happen with everything that's going on. But to look at it from this place of beauty, because it has allowed us collectively for the first time as a world to really slow down and realize like, oh, I don't have to go into work. I have this technology where I can create work from home or travel more and create a life of more freedom and intention. And I think a lot of that, because of that, a lot of people are starting to wake up slowly. It might not be, you know, full spectrum into the woo woo, like we enjoy talking about and discussing the unanswerable questions of the universe, but just the simple fact that like, Oh, I can, I can create the life that I want to live. I don't want to go back to work. I want to spend more time with my kids. Like time is constantly moving forward. And why would I waste my time going to something I hate and I'm miserable at. Mm-hmm. That resonates deeply. What's interesting for me is um, at the time of the COVID, uh, COVID pandemic, um, 
really becoming a thing. Like it came online, it was March of 2020 and I hadn't even been into this stuff for a year. Um, and when you first get into this stuff, you start hearing people talking about awakening and, oh, it's going to happen. And like the world is waking up and all this. And I remember having a lot of skepticism to that being like, no, you guys have probably just said this forever. It's not happening. It's not happening, mm-hmm. you know? And then as soon as the lockdown came, it was just this deep felt experience. Like, this is it. This is it. And I pulled a card from an animal Oracle deck and it was fire, which it bases basically is like Phoenix. Like you have to burn down to transform and break through for the new. And I pulled it four days in a row and I just, I just knew it was it. And this was just really early on. So I absolutely totally resonate and agree with what you're saying. And the interesting thing for me is looking at this and being like, how did this just happen so quickly for my reality, right? If you're, if we're each, you know, our thoughts are our realities and it's a reflection. It's really interesting in terms of getting into a conversation of like switching timelines, you know? Um, I, and then it's a whole nother conversation of, are we each just living our own version of the Truman show, <laughs> you know? And <laughs> there's some validity to that. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, if you, it's the, it's the paradox of like, and I think about this quite often, it's like, if I am the creator of my reality, then, you know, what if, what if I am the only thing that exists and everything else is just a projection of my psyche, of my consciousness into this world that was really created for me to experience it. And there is some validity to that. Cause if we are aspects of God creating the experience, then we all do live in our own universe. And that's a really fascinating concept to look at because if there's 8 billion plus people on the planet, there is literally 8 billion plus unique stories and experiences being had right now. No two alike, like no two snowflakes are like, like that is absolutely insane. And there's, there's experiences and stories and people having different um, interactions with reality that I can't even comprehend, right? Like there's the indigenous cultures that are doing the ayahuasca medicine and that's what they're connected to nature. And then there's people in the government that show up and do like these big, I mean, they're so involved in like the global geopolitical environment. And then there's, I mean, just people that are really spiritual. There's people that are really grounded in whatever it is. And I, it's just fascinating to even comprehend like the infinite number of experiences that are being had in this day and age on this single planet in this single timeline that it's just like, I mean, when you talk about infinity and understanding that the universe is infinite, just comprehending that really opens your mind to the fact that like, wow. And then understanding that I am the creator of my own reality and my own experience. And I can actually um, call in what I want to experience if I can get to that level of awareness. It's really fascinating. I don't know. Yeah. It's like a paradox. Like everybody's interacting with each other, but it could be just me and the way I think. I I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's something that I've been really dancing with a lot at, since working with 5MEO, DMT, Bufo so much. Um, you know, I, I really start to feel like that none of you guys exist. And this is just like my reality and that, yeah, none of you guys exist. And the trippy part is like when a listener is listening to this and they're going to, if you're meeting it with a resistance, as most people do, it's like, no, I know I exist. It's like, okay, well, maybe you're the only one that exists and you're dreaming Joe and I up, 
You know, I mean, and that's the trippy part when you start to apply it to yourself, uh, hearing it from the vessel delivering the message. But I, yeah, I don't know. It's just something I've been curious about as well. Have you ever had moments that you've felt? There's a couple of things I want to share first is I've had experiences where I've had, been having a conversation with somebody and I've intuitively like either asked them a question or something comes through me. And it's not like I think about it and say, Hey, I need to tell you this. It's like in the conversation and they just reflect back to me. Like, why did you ask me that? Or why did you say that? It's like, and it's almost as if the universe was speaking through me to them. And so like what they needed to hear in that moment came through my vessel, just through the conversation. And we talk about like, channels and people that like have channeled texts. And even looking back at the Bible, it's like they say it's a divinely inspired text that was channeled through humans. And so there's that aspect. But in reality, if we're all connected and we can kind of drop the ego and just kind of intuitively be present with what wants to be experienced through us and said through us in the moment, technically we're all channels because we're all connected to that divine experience, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about the 5-MeO-DMT because you said you've been working with it and you do, you know, I've experienced it as well. And it was one of the, and I've done, um, you know, other plant medicines and psychedelics and the 5-MeO-DMT was the like first time I've actually experienced a complete ego death and merging into, you know, the ether, the oneness, the all, whatever you want to call it, the bright light and coming back. And I did have that experience of like, wow, I am literally the creator of my reality. And it's, there's two sides of that coin, right? Like, it creates this, this deep freedom that all of it is a story and I can create the story that I want to live. But also the other side of that is like, Oh, it's all a story. I don't really exist. And it's that to to live in that space, it's quite frightening and ungrounded. And, and it's, Mm. you know, like you said, if, if I realize I'm the only one experiencing this thing, it can be very lonely and isolating. Have you had any experiences where you've felt ungrounded and like almost on the verge of like, psychosis, I guess you could say of like losing your mind a little bit. Yeah. Um, definitely. I was just talking to a friend this morning about it and two weeks, it wasn't with five MEO, but two weeks after doing ayahuasca for the first time waking up, I did a mushroom ceremony for healing, which I didn't even know was a thing at the time, you know, like intentionally taking mushrooms and singing in ceremony and going within like who knew that was a thing you know and now it's just part of everyday knowledge right uh, for the world i live in but anyways i remember in that ceremony there was a, a point where i it felt like i entered the void and i was trying to describe it to my friend this morning where i was like no it was eternal loneliness and i was trying to be like no it wasn't like sam being alone like i'm worried that i'm going to be alone as the ego and like in this incarnation. It was like eternal loneliness that I experienced and felt. And that was hard to integrate as well. And it kind of did feel like, well, what if there is nothing when you die, you know, and that's not what I believe. And what it got me to thinking about, which I never really answered your question earlier, but in terms of like, what is God, what is the meaning of God, who is God and all source or creator. And I, I, I don't know, like, did God, because that's what they say, right? Like God said, I am. And then it, the way I think about it is it's almost being like m- mind blown when you come out of Bufo or when you're in Bufo and just like you, you're it's mind blowing. So maybe the burst was so big and then that's what burst into the universe and create, you know, experiencing itself. Um, and maybe that's what the void is and that feeling of eternal loneliness to go back to since you were all God, that feeling of being alone before the burst. I don't know. <laughs> you yeah. Know? 
I, I mean, I love that. So I, I've, I've thought about that. And this is my belief around what God is and what this experience is, right? Because you talk about that, that, that void, that eternal nothingness, and you, you are everything. So then you, there's no other. So there's no experience. So there's no, it's so lonely because you're the only thing in the universe. And so if you think of the concept of that is God, right? You're connected with everything, but there is no other. So there is no experience that is a lonely place to be. And so what if God was in that space, the initial eternal energy of whatever this experience is, it's like, man, this is lonely. This is isolated. I have nothing to experience. I'm going to create an experience of otherness so that I can actually live an experience of life. And so that's where we're at now, right? Like, cause a lot of people talk about the concept of like, we're all one. And I think that's really hard for people, even me and my ego mind to understand, because obviously me and you are sitting here talking, there's two of us, we're separate. And I think the, the, the real thing to understand is like this whole experience is one experience. It is all God creating separation within itself so that it can have an experience of others. So it can experience what love is. And then people talk about the concept, why is there suffering in the world? Why is there hardship? Why is there challenge? Why is there adversity? Because in order for us to experience love, it has to be in relation to something else. Because if love is everything and God is love, and in that initial eternal moment of the void of everything all in one, and it's love, it can't experience what love is because it is that thing. And so for us to be separated we get to experience the full breadth of what it means to be human, what it means to have an experience. And it has to be in this relative experience. And that's why, you know, one is the absolute. And then we've kind of burst off into this relative experience so that we can actually have an experience period. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That, that totally resonates. You said that so well. <laughs> Thanks, man. I want to get into your journey because I know you've talked on social media and, and your own podcast. What's that? What's your podcast called, by the way? I want to get a little Soul shout Seeker. out. Soul Seeker. So go check that out. Sam talks a lot about these experiences. I've heard them um, with aliens and extraterrestrials. And I want to get your own... I want you to share your own experience with connecting with these beings. I think you've had a few, I haven't really dove in too deep with you, but even like, you know, I watched on YouTube the other day that the Pentagon has been releasing, um, un they're unclassifying documents and videos of like Navy pilots catching these like UFOs on film. And they're like unclassifying all these documents and they're bringing it into the public awareness that we are not alone. And it's really fascinating because for the longest time, I know like when we were younger, it was like, what happens if all of a sudden we did, we figure out we're not alone and they're actually saying it now and it's kind of not a big deal. And it's kind of like, I don't know if they're using the pandemic to kind of disguise that, but talk about, you know, we we're talking about this own human experience on this planet earth. And it seems like we're on the precipice of understanding that there is other interdimensional beings and aliens and all of that. Talk about your own experience with those um, other beings and, and kind of what that means and, and what that's like. Absolutely. So I love this conversation. Um, all right. So first things first, if you're not familiar with Dr. Stephen Greer, check out his work. He recently released a documentary. I think it was last year in 2020 called the, it's called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. And Dr. Stephen Greer is the biggest person there is, in, to my knowledge, in terms of disclosures. He uh, briefs every US president in terms of disclosures with extraterrestrials. And 
In the Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, he talks a lot about evidence in terms of like working with the CIA, FBI, or government, just put it that way, because I'm not sure exactly. But he talks about and and he talks about that. And then towards the end, he talks about meditation you can use to call in ETs. And the basic um premise around this is it's telepathic communication. So you show yourself to them and he's got this whole process where, you know, you can start with where you are now and then you zoom out from like, if you're in your living room meditating to show the neighborhood, then show the city, show the state, you know, show the continent, show the earth and then bring them back in the same manner. And that's how they can come greet you. He talks about that in depth. There's also an app they have as well. Um, Big community around close encounters, the fifth kind Dr. Greer's work. So with that said, he actually just put out a YouTube video. Um, It's May 25th as the the day of this recording a few days ago. So maybe it came out on like May 20th or something. And um, in it, it's only 30 minutes long, but he's talking about why the government is uh, releasing all of the information right now. And my interpretation of what he's saying is basically they're working right now to get us to believe that they exist because that is the first step, right? Before the fear. So for those of you that are familiar with Out of the Shadows, it's a documentary that's on YouTube. It's shadow band, hard to find. But in it, this uh, stunt double talks about how he he shows CIA or FBI um, documents showing that there's like programming and conditioning going on programming really in our television, our movies, all this type of stuff. And basically take a movie like Mars attacks. Um, We're all, most of us are familiar with this movie from like the nineties where the Martians come down and the, or independence day, any of these movies. And it's to build fear that, you know, aliens are bad. ETs are bad. And, what's going on now, it is my belief that they're trying to wake people up that yes, we've been lying to you, but they're not, they're kind they're not really addressing that part so much, you know, it's just like, Oh, here they are. Let me, sorry, getting a call. That's funny. My ET friend just called me. Look at that synchronicity. <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyways, um, Wild. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I think what's going now going on now is basically to wake us up to that aliens do exist. And then the next step will be to get us in fear of them. And there's going to be a lot of fear um, storylines since COVID. I think there, there, you know, there's been this weird kind of um, calm phase in the past over six months. It's been a while that it's been a calm phase. And someone I spoke with was talking about how they want to keep it calm now. So everyone gets vaccinated and isn't really too scared. Not to go down that rabbit hole. So back to the ETs, I think it's important to first talk about Dr. Greer's work because that's a good introduction to ETs. And then in terms of my experiences, last year at the Fit for Service Summit in South Lake Tahoe, Someone came up to me. Well, before that, I was driving from California, you know, from Silicon Valley, Tahoe, a few hour drive, not far. And it was around the time of the fires in California. And my dad was uh, preparing to evacuate their house just in case. And he was going through some stuff and he sent me a picture of a necklace. And it was just a simple necklace, like a piece of rope with an icon of a blue alien. 
And he just sent to me and was like, Hey, I found this in your little kid stuff. And I go, that's interesting. And I had been working with Akashic Records, which we could get into that, but it's channeling. And I've had different sources tell me that I'm an ET, which we can get into. Are we all ETs as well? Um, but anyways, relative in reality, we are right. Cause all the ETs, we would be ETs to them. Yeah. And so that's the thing I used to think about. Like, yeah, for sure. We're ETs to them. But now what I think about is like in a universe that's uh, infinite, are there actually souls that are getting incarnated for the first time as a soul on earth? Because that's the only way that you would be a quote unquote thoroughbred human, (laughs) you know, like you would have to be your first incarnation, which I think there probably is. And that could be what the karmic cycle is, you know, that if you were born a human, you're working through the karmic cycle. Whereas I believe ETs aren't necessarily working through the karmic cycle, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you talked about the the collective narrative of of creating fear that extraterrestrials are are enemies, are they're 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 dangerous. And um, you know, I, I've watched the the Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, and Dr. Greer talks about how they are obviously loving beings if they've been around our reality for this long and they could have destroyed us in an instant. Like, why didn't they? It's because they're here, maybe supporting us in our evolution on a planet. But why, why, in your perspective, would the government and the greater um, powers that be create, want to create this story of fear and negativity around ETs and you know, them kind of showing themselves and then wanting to put it out before anyone else to say, hey, this is a real problem? I personally, I try to stay away from the conspiracies and just educate myself enough to know what's going on, not get lost too deep in them because that I've realized that's not my fight. Um, but anyways, with that said, I'm not sure. Um, mm-hmm. I think what this whole fear thing is though, is for something bigger. And I, it, it feels very V Vendetta ish and, you know, that type of vibe and what it is, I'm not sure, but it's the next, it's another thing that just like COVID, you know, and, and I'm, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like, you know, we think like, okay, this, this is apocalyptic times. Right. And it's easy to get into that fear of like the world is going to end. We're on this trajectory that, you know, talk about us destroying the planet and just the fear and the division and the conflict and the war and all of these things. And it's easy to be like, okay, we're at the end times, but you look back on history, even just modern history, how many times each generation has gone through an experience that like, this is the end of the world, you know, like world war two, like, could you imagine the whole world at war? Like how many people are like, this is it. We're fucked. Like the world's going to end and we kind of go through it. Cold war, same thing, nuclear Holocaust, like this is the end of the world. And there's just all this fear. So it's almost like this consistent narrative through humanity that we're always approaching end times. Right. And it's really fascinating to look at it now. Cause I very much, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to kind of start leaning into like, fuck, like, how do I, how do I navigate these times? And when I totally see like where we're headed. And I think that's because it's the collective narrative through the media and like fear sells. And so you really have to be careful about the content you're consuming because I I truly believe through the connections and people, you know, I've met and I just know there's really smart people working on these really big issues. And I'm a lot more optimistic that, you know, through these trials and tribulations, there's going to be a collective awakening that happens in this, this transition into something that's better but in order to do that, there's going to be 
kind of falling of old systems and some chaos that we have to kind of work through. And I think that is the part of the unknown that is a little bit iffy for me. Right. Cause like, what, what do we do when we go through that chaos to get to the other side? Right. Like you said, you know, it's, um, you didn't say it directly, but I resonate with what you said. Cause basically what you're saying is like, you know, you, your contributions as mine are better towards the evolution of this awakening where versus stopping like the plan from the government or whatever it might be. And it, there's, been this feeling, at least for me, of like guilt and shame of like almost spiritually bypassing being like, oh, if I do the work and work on this, and but someone's got to do the 3D stuff to, you know, do that. But anyways, I agree with what you're saying. And I also believe in the three waves of star seeds, uh, Dolores Cannon's work, where she talks about like volunteers that there's star seeds are basically ETs incarnate as humans, and that there's three waves of star seeds that came to Earth to be volunteers to help with this awakening process. And going back to like uh, Drinkvalo Malkizedek, I think that's his name, his work in the Ancient Seeker of the Flower Life. Um, the book, he speaks about like the states of consciousness that we were in hundreds of thousands of years ago, whatever it was, I, I'm losing track, but um, how we were taller to the, the beings and the, the height being a direct correlation to the level of consciousness. And I think it's um, Graham, Graham Hancock that talks about, you know, the cataclysmic events and the cycles. There's a lot of people talk about that, but I think in terms of what you were talking about, like World War II and the Cold War and just all this other stuff, um, the Great Depression, whatever it might be, I think there is a sense where we could look at this and be like, we'll get past this and things will get back to like some sort of normal. But my intuition is like, no, this is bigger than all of that. And this is the cataclysmic event that we're here to be a part of to raise the level of consciousness. To create a new normal, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's fascinating. And it's going to be fascinating to see how kind of this whole uh, story we're kind of living now uh, plays out. It's going to be very interesting. You never really finished on... Did you have any direct experiences with, with aliens? Yeah, so... The channelers told me that I'm a Arcturian, which is from the planet Arcturus, as well as uh, Syrian. And um, basically, oh, what I was getting at earlier with um, my dad saying me the necklace uh, on the way to the summit, then the next day, someone uh, has a deliver, delivered channeled message for me. That's literally what she said, going to like what you said before about being vessels and delivering messages. And she goes, you're not from this planet. You're an alien or something like that. I'm like, well, that's random, but thank you. And that's weird that the necklace came through uh, too. And then I looked up um, what Arcturians look like and they are blue and look like the alien on the necklace that my dad sent me a picture of. And then I started remembering how my dad told me when I was a kid, I'd be like, you're not my real parents and I'm from the plant Zotar and all this type of stuff. And you said that I when actually, you were little? What's that? You said that when you were little? Yeah. Oh fuck, that's crazy. Yeah. I used to throw a temper tantrum saying they're not my real parents and I'm from the plant Zotar. And then um 
There's the Zohar in the Kabbalah, which I don't know if there's any correlation to that, but I have, and then I found a couple things on a planet or star of Zotar, but it could have been like a community or something. I don't know. Um, and then working with uh, Mary Margrave, who's a channeler as well, she was telling me about all these experiences I had with ETs and UFOs and all this type of stuff as, as a child. And I don't remember much of my childhood at all. So I feel like these memories are part of like, I'm still waking up. We're all still waking up. Right. Um, that's a debate, but anyways, I think those memories will come online and in recent, recent times in October. So about seven months ago or something, um, there's a, the most extraordinary UFO thing that I could ever imagine. Really. It was my first conscious experience that I remember, like not including the childhood stuff and looking at the sky in Malibu over the ocean saw like put my hand out and there was like this red plasma thing. And I, I put my hand out and could move through it. I was like, that's weird. Then I looked out at the skyline and I almost saw like a disco ball. And it looked as if like, there's a roof to our atmosphere. Um, and then a little bit closer from that, I started to see a grid. It kind of looked like the Pac-Man maze a little bit. And then this like oblong, like upright UFO started tracing it and going like different directions. And then it was carrying what looked to be like cargo containers and building something. At some point there was like a throne as well. And then um, this was going on for hours. And then Thoth, the Egyptian God um, came flying through in front of me as well. And there's, I did a whole podcast recap on this and it's starting to become a distant memory. Uh, but in terms of like abductions or actually seeing ETs, Nothing that I'm cognizant of. Um, I generally don't remember my dreams either. So I know there's activity going on. And like I said, I feel like this is coming online and something I've been calling in. Um, but nothing too big and like really wild other than that experiencing like the cargo ships and the ETs and well, the UFOs, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Was, there, was there a part of you that was trying to make sense of it on a practical level? I know like the listeners that maybe haven't experienced something like that. It's like, oh, it could have been your own psyche projecting it or your own, you know, crazy vision. Like, was there anybody else there with you that you were like, hey, can you see this too? Like, are you trying to make sense of it from your egoic kind of personality human mind? Or were you just totally open to it because of the experiences you've had with non-ordinary states of consciousness and stuff like that? Yeah, a bunch of other people saw it too and were there. Um, and that's, yeah. But I mean, I know it's real for me and, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. You don't, need to, you don't need to convince anyone, right? And, yeah, um, exactly. So, so kind of one of my final questions before we, before we get into the, the extended um, question is, um, you know, we talked about a lot here. Talked about, um, you know, awakening to aliens and starseed beings and Akashic records and channeling and all this different stuff. And, you know, you obviously being in the the matrix, I guess you would say the 3d matrix and the business and the success and, you know, getting into what you're doing now and kind of circling all of the stuff we talked about, how do you integrate all of these kind of awakenings and these experiences you're having into 
you know, everyday life and, and doing business like normal and trying to like create a, a human experience with having access and, um, you know, experiencing all these other kind of otherworldly things. Yeah, great question. So this goes back to the concept of soul life balance. You know, we need to build in, we don't need to, but it'll be helpful in terms of integration to build in practices that connect you with your soul because it's so easy for me to get back into that toxic masculine for me that manifests in work and just like using work as a distraction. And I'm still trying to find that balance. But when I'm able to start the day with breath work or walk my dog on the beach and, you know, not wear shoes to the beach, long walk, you know, and do some earthing, get in the ocean, even if it's just my feet, you know, that's a a simple practice. You know, it doesn't have to be meditation or breath work or journaling or any of these things things that start to seem like work. And for me, I try to put awareness around it that when I'm doing the spiritual quote unquote work, if it feels like work, then I don't want to do it because that defeats the purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's importance to being in that flow state and being like, okay, I typically start my day with breath work while I'm in bed. Well, today I don't feel like doing breath work and giving yourself that grace because that is the work right there because you put the awareness around it, right? So it's those simple things where we can drop back to that state of what we call the witness to kind of observe. Sam or yourself, you know, um, to see what the vessel is doing and just have that kind of, you know, almost it feels like uh, the movie being John Malkovich and looking through Malkovich's eyes of yourself, right? Yeah, become the observer, right? And we have all these tools and practices to help us raise our consciousness, raise our awareness. But even those tools, when they become habits and they kind of get in the way of the actual connection that you're seeking, um, it really is about finding balance and making sure those things don't even get in the way of that flow and that connection and that freedom that you're really searching. And so it's using the tools, but not attaching to the tools. And it's, you know, it comes back to that paradox of finding that balance within it. And I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I loved our conversation. I hope that uh, the listeners got a lot out of it. If you are watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe so that you can uh, be notified when all my content comes out. Uh, Sam, where can people find you? What are you working on now? I know we mentioned the podcast, but uh, go ahead and share and plug anything that you're working on. Yeah. Thanks so much, brother, for having me. So my website's samkabert.com, S-A-M-K-A-B as in boy, E-R-T. You can find me on Instagram at samkabert. And um, that's going to have like all the different things and best way to get a hold of me. I have this new series I'm pumped on called Brochuality, where I'm doing like a short three to five minute videos, taking a bro-y type movie that I grew up with like old school or basketball, for example, and explaining um, spiritual uh, undertones and meanings throughout these uh, little uh, movies that grew up watching that are kind of bro-y, right? So... Yeah. And then I'm working on my next book, um, all about soul life balance. I'm going slow on this one and just kind of trying to stay in that feminine and not get too focused on what I want to build and being okay with this being a season of being in the cocoon. Cause it's been two years now and I'm getting antsy to build something, but I think that's the lesson here to just be in the cocoon and don't go too fast. So yeah. Thanks brother. I love it, man. Yeah. 
you still got to find that balance, right? There's still that creator within us that wants to create. And it's really the intention you're putting behind it. And I did watch the, the video he did on basketball and I thought it was fascinating and fantastic. So if you guys are listening, make sure you go check that out. If you're uh, listening to this and it resonated with you and you think it might have a positive impact on somebody that you know, please share it with them. Uh, please subscribe to the channel and uh, leave a review that would go a long way in helping me grow the audience as well. And for you premium subscribers, stick around because we uh, are going to do an extended conversation where we're going to ask Sam what his secret to the universe is. And I'm really excited to, to get into it. If you are not a premium subscriber, you can go to the link in the show notes and sign up. It's for uh, $7 a month if you really feel called to support this podcast financially because I do have a team that helps me put this together and it is not free and just trying to bring uh, more value to all of you. And uh, that would go a long way and I'd really appreciate the support. And plus, if you do that, you get premium content and access like this extended conversation, plus some quick hit inspirational stuff weekly. And you'll possibly get a chance to drop into a live podcast that I'm putting together as well. So go check that out. And um, if you're not, Thanks for listening. And thank you, Sam. I appreciate it. Thanks, Joe.